here's the deal. Church services usually begin with some type of call to worship. That call to worship could be a prayer, uh, could be a reading from Scripture, it could be a welcome with some announcements. These are things that we have done in the past. However, this morning, our call to worship is going to be the proclamation of the Word of God. I want to encourage you to grab a Bible and turn with me, if you would, to Psalm chapter 95. Psalm chapter 95. If you don't have a Bible, you can grab a pew Bible right there in front of you. You'll find Psalm 95 on page 539. This psalm teaches us how to approach worship. In fact, in this psalm, you'll see that there are three instructions that are given to us. In verses 1 through 5, we're commanded to come and to praise God. Verses 6 and 7, we're commanded to bow down and worship Him. And then 7 through the end of the chapter, verse number 11, we're told to listen and to obey. So our text this morning is giving us insight as to how we're to approach worship. And so, instead of going through individual elements of worship only to finally get to a message that's really revolving around how to approach worship, and so instead of giving the instructions on how to approach worship at the end of the message or our time together, uh, we're going to flip the script today. Uh, This morning, we're going to start with the message from the Word of God. After all, it tells us how we're to approach everything that it is that we are about to do. So in Psalm chapter 95, the first instruction that we are given is to come and praise God. Verse number one says, O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms, for the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods, in whose hands are the depths of the earth, the peaks of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for it, is, for it was he who made it, and his hands formed the dry land. It starts off in verse number one, says, Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. The psalmist invites the people to come and to gather in the presence of our Father. Now, that command, come, is found in in three different places in the first six verses of Psalm chapter 95. In the English, it's translated as come. However, in the original Hebrew, uh, that is three distinct words are used that we translate as come. Each of them have a unique meaning in and of themselves. In fact, in verse number one, when it says to, uh, O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord, what it means there, that word means to walk, it means to travel, or, or, or to make a journey. And so we're encouraged to come from wherever we are, to walk, to travel, to, to make the journey in order to enter into the presence of God, to gather in His house, if you will, to join with other people in singing praises unto him. And so we are commanded to make the journey, to to come together. And as we make that journey and as we come together, we're told to let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. 
to shout joyfully, some of your translations uh, might render it as to make a joyful noise. We're to make a joyful noise, we're to shout joyfully, we're to sing loudly and victoriously to the rock of our salvation. We're talking about to, to, to our Savior, to our refuge, to our defender, and to our deliverer. Why? Because He alone is the one that deserves all of our praise. And so we're to make the journey to get to God's house to gather with His people so that we can shout joyfully uh, about our great King. And look at verse number 2. Verse number 2 says, Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with psalms. So here the word come, it means to approach. It means to approach or to meet. And so we're given instructions. The question, how is it that we're to approach God? What is our mindset or our attitude? What should it be as we seek to meet with God? And so the answer is, we're to come into his presence or we're to approach God with thanksgiving. That is, with with an offering or a sacrifice of praise. You see, verse number one tells us to, to make a journey to God's house from wherever you are. And verse number two says that as we approach God's house, we should approach it with the spirit of thanksgiving, with with a heart that is filled with gratitude. After all, we have so much to be thankful for in our lives. Make no mistake, every blessing that we have, all the good that's in our lives are a result of God. It all comes from him. Therefore, God and God alone is worthy of our best worship. God and God alone is worthy of our most heartfelt praise and adoration. So as we gather together in church services, we're instructed to enter His presence with thanksgiving, with gratitude, with with giving praise unto God for all the ways in which He has blessed us in our lives. In fact, as we make our way to the church building, our hearts should be overflowing with the gratitude that we have for all that He has done and all that He will do on our behalf. Since your Bibles are already open to Psalm 95, just turn over a page or two to your right and go to Psalm 100 if you would please. Here we're exhorted to praise God and beginning of verse number one, it says, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 100 summarizes, it completely captures how it is that we should be approaching these times that we come and we gather together. 
So, so with this in mind, as we gather together and we worship and, and sing praises unto God, may you know that, that as we sing unto Him, we should sing loudly and enthusiastically. We should sing not holding anything back in our praise because God is the one that deserves the very best from each and every one of us. In the Baptist church, and this is not unlike many other Baptist churches, there is a tendency to be reserved or kind of hold back in our excitement in celebrating God who he is and what he has done. And as we sing songs of praise unto him, there is a tendency to, to kind of hold back and not to sing too loud or, 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 or too enthusiastically. But, but Scripture tells us that this is how we should enter into his presence. As we gather together, we should shout joyfully unto him. And so to shout, that's singing loudly. It's not mumbling begrudgingly. There, there should be that joy that we have and the gratitude that we feel to God for all the ways that he has blessed us should be overflowing in us that we can't wait to open our mouths to sing praise unto him. So, so not only are we commanded to come and to praise God, but we're also instructed to bow down and to worship him. Look at verse number six. Verse number six says, come, let us worship and bow down. Now here, there is the third time that we see the word come. Remember verse number one? It says, oh, come, or oh, walk, or, or, or take the journey, right? Verse number two tells us to come into his presence. That's telling us how we're to approach the presence of God. And now verse number six, the third usage of the word, that word means to enter or to gather in. So you see how it's systematically addressing how we're to approach worship? First, we're, we're to make the journey. We're to get to the place of worship. And as we're making that journey, we should do so with an attitude of thanksgiving, of praise. Which means we shouldn't be arguing and complaining and fighting in our cars as we're driving to church. That's not the attitude that we should have. And so we're given instructions to make the journey. We're told how we're to make that journey. And now we're giving insight as to what is to happen as we enter into the church house. It says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Now he goes on. I'll get to that in a moment. I'll stop there. So, so the second instruction that we're, to, that we're given is that we should humble ourselves before God. We humble ourselves by bowing and submitting unto him. So we've been given the instruction to come and to praise, but we're also given the instruction to enter in and worship, to bow before him and worship. May you know, and maybe you don't, but there is a distinct difference between praise and worship. We often say those words together as though it's interchangeable. But praise is looking up towards God. 
praising him for who he is, for what he's done, and what he will do. Worship is looking down. It's bowing down in humble submission unto the king of kings. Not everyone who enjoys lifting their hands or shouting songs of praise embrace the idea that they're also supposed to bow down in submission. The instruction bow down literally means to bend the knee. To bend the knee. It is a posture of humility and subjection before the king of kings. So although as we gather to worship, although we might not always bow down physically, we should always bow down before our Lord in our hearts, completely surrendering our lives unto him, submitting ourselves to follow to walk in upright and complete obedience to his word. So physical kneeling in worship, I mean, it's a good thing. It's, a, it's an appropriate uh, posture to take as, as we worship the King of Kings. It, it's a posture that helps to, to keep, keep us humble because physical kneeling helps to remind us of who we are in comparison to who he is. And in fact, according to our text in verse number 7, He is our God. And we are uh, the people of His pasture. We are the sheep of His hand. Which means that we are His children. We are under His care and His control. He's our shepherd. I mean, that's great news. Because as our shepherd, that tells us that He will help us. He will feed us. He will guide us. He will direct us. He will be there to meet our needs. He's there to protect us and to correct us as we travel this road of life that we're in. God is with us in every danger, and He is there to walk with us through every trial that we face. So true worship is not just lifting our hands and our voices, True worship also involves bowing before him in complete submission and surrender of our lives. So we're commanded to come and to praise God. We're commanded to bow down and worship him. And and then the third instruction is that we are to listen and obey. Verse number 7 continues. It says, Today, if you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. As at Meribah, as in the day of Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they had seen my work. For forty years I loathed that generation and said that there are people who err in their heart and they do not know my ways. Therefore I swore in my anger, truly they shall not enter into my rest. Here we see at the very beginning, if you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. In other words, listen and obey. As we gather in praise and in worship of God, we're also instructed to listen and obey. Let me say it this way. The way that we treat the Word of God is a direct reflection of the way that we treat the God of the Word. 
So this word is powerful. This word is the ruling authority of our lives. In fact, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus tells us that we are to take heed that we hear. Take heed that we hear. But then he tells us in Mark chapter 4, not only are we to take heed that we hear, we're to take heed of what we hear. In Mark chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, he says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he says, and he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. Pay attention. Listen actively. You got to pay attention. So we got to take heed that we hear. We need to take heed about what we hear. And then he also tells us in Luke chapter 8 to take heed how we hear. So that we hear, what we hear, and how we hear. Luke chapter 8, verse number 18 says, Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. So as we gather together, it's not just about praising and singing songs unto God or about God. As we gather together, we praise, we worship, we bend the knee in complete submission unto him, and we listen to his word, and we obey what his word commands us to do. Although the scriptures have been written centuries ago, they still hold authority for our lives today. And they always will. Therefore, we have no right to ignore the word of God. We have no right to neglect his word. We have no right to try to change his word in order to appease what culture would want from us. We have no right to disobey what his word commands us to do. We are called to know the word and to obey the word. That is our instruction. See, true worship is about obedience. And so when we gather together in corporate worship, we need to listen to what God has to say to us through his word. What is God saying to us through his word? And we recognize that his spirit works within us through his word. And so as God speaks to us, it's our responsibility to not just to listen and to hear what he's saying to us, but it's our responsibility to obey what it is that he demands from us. In fact, may you know that more than your songs of praise, more than you singing loudly and enthusiastically, more than you raising your hands in worship, more than all of that, God desires obedience. Obedience trumps everything else. God desires obedience more than he desires our praise. A few places in Scripture will point that out. One that I'll read to you comes from 1 Samuel chapter 15. There it says, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. 
Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. I think we might need to hear that again. What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. So friends, let me ask you, as we come into the house of God today, as you've made your journey into God's house, did you make that journey with thanksgiving in your heart? Did you come to to meet with God with a thankful heart? And as we are now entering in and we're gathering together with other believers, right? Are you willing to listen and to obey what God is calling from you and for you in your lives? The saddest reality that I see as a pastor just on a weekly basis is knowing that there is stubbornness that exists among the body. Knowing that God has, through His Spirit, if you belong to Him through faith in Jesus Christ, then He gave you the deposit of His Holy Spirit as the guarantee of the salvation that belongs to you. With the deposit of the Holy Spirit comes a special, unique gift that God has given to you to be used through the power of the Holy Spirit so that His will might be accomplished in your lives. Are you tracking with me? So therefore, every child of God has been given by God a unique gift that is to be used for His glory and for the kingdom of God. And so... What God desires from his children is that his children would walk in obedience to what God has gifted them to do for his glory and for his name. And so more than singing songs loudly, more than singing songs swaying back and forth with a smile on your face, more than all of that, God desires obedience. That's what he wants from us, to be obedient, to be obedient to what his word calls from us and for us in life and we know that in his word we are commanded to do a lot of things we should embrace these things namely god's word tells us that we are to go forth and to make disciples teaching them and baptizing them that's the commandment that's been given to all of god's children we all have a role to play in the proclamation of the word of god and making disciples of other people. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to love one another. He wants us to serve one another. He wants us to forgive one another. He wants us to pray with one another and for one another. And when one of us are down, he wants us to gather around them, to lift them up, to encourage them. That's what a family does. That's what he wants from us. So as we gather together this morning to worship Him, we're going to move into some elements of worship in just a moment. But may you know that more than singing loudly, I'd even go as far as to say more than putting something into the offering as it's being passed, God wants obedience from your life. 
He wants obedience from all of us. And he deserves nothing less than the very best that we can give unto him. Who are we to withhold praise from the Father? Who are we to refuse to bend the knee in submission unto him? Who are we not to take heed that we hear, what we hear, and how we hear? Let me ask you, did you come to praise God this morning? Will you shout songs of praise as we sing? Did you come prepared to bend the knee and, and, and submit and surrender your life unto Him, confessing sin where necessary, making commitments where necessary? Will you listen and will you obey? I'm going to pray for us and we're going to sing and we're going to go through elements of worship together. We're going to sing, we're going to give our offerings, we're going to sing, and during this time of singing, uh, we will be down here at the front. Daryl and Lisa and myself, Joel, are you singing or are you, Joel will be down here on the front with us as well. We'd love to talk with you, to pray with you, to encourage you. The altar's open. What will you do? And how will you do it? Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for your word. And Father, help us to have a great love for your word and help us to rightly apply your word into our lives. Help us to realize that at some point our singing must give way to silence as we bow down before you. So Father, pray that you are pleased by what you see in and from us. May your spirit bring conviction into our hearts and lives. May we make decisions in this moment that completely honor and glorify you. Father, we commit this time unto you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.